All right, our next guest defends his title in the headlining bout of UFC 273 in Jacksonville, Florida. That'll be April 9th. Although if you're watching and this is Australia, it'll be April 10th in your neck of the woods. It's the featherweight champion himself, Alex Volkanovsky. Hi, Alex. How are you? I'm very good, mate. I'm very good. How are you? I'm good. I'm very delighted to talk to you. All right, uh, Alex, let's start with this part of the conversation. When you very first began to train, as all fighters do, you're just learning techniques, how to throw a jab, defend a double, blah, blah, blah. But over time, you learn what works for you and you develop a more cohesive style, right? You have a certain style now. At what point in your fighting journey did you realize you were going to end up with the style that you're using to both win and maintain UFC championship? When did you get to that point? Man, it's a... Uh... It's tricky because over 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 the time it just it slowly changes. You know, you're you're a lot of it's going to be a similar similar sorry uh, approach of how I, I mold things together and things like that. But at the same time, you add like little tools and like you look at uh, fights earlier in my career compared to now. You're probably going to see a more striking heavy uh, side of things, but still the the same rules apply in in a sense. Like you know, with the pressure and you know, obviously scrambling the brain and all that type of sort of stuff. But, um, man, I, I don't know. It's, it's up to, something that me, me and Joe, uh, my coach, Joe Lopez, just we've just moulded it together. Like, you know, I think it's just through, through time and uh, training together. Um, it's, it's sort of hard to explain because I know exactly what you're talking about. But um, at the same time, I couldn't tell you, I couldn't pick a, a day when that happened. But, I mean, through time, we could just – that's what a lot of people say, what's something that's uh, – like you know because me and joe are so close you know what, what is it it's just he knows me nobody knows me better than uh, my coach joe lopez so uh you know my whole you know my whole style like you know, nobody knows my style style more than more than joe and that's something that we've molded together uh through time you know it might not be the craziest techniques uh you know spin shit and all that type of stuff but <laughs> the right tool for the right job you know what i mean I'm, that's how i am you know I'll, I'll have a look see see what's happening and pick my shots and uh, just scramble their brain while I'm doing it. I want to get back to the scrambling of the brain part, but staying with your coach, Joe Lopez, for just a second. So in boxing, you'll have certain kinds of coaches where, you know, for example, when Tyson Fury went to the Kronk gym, he was looking for something that that gym was known to offer, that style, so to speak, was known to offer. But other coaches are like, let's just take what you're good at and make it more mm -hmm. of that. So do other Joe Lopez fighters fight kind of like you or are you unique even among Joe Lopez fighters? Definitely, definitely similar. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's more of a, more of a style. Like we obviously train hard, you know, we've got all, uh, you need to be uh, pretty tough to, to be able to put up with uh, the shit we do in the gym. You know what I mean? And the, the standard we have um, when you're obviously, you know, in the workouts and things like that, but, yeah, I think it's pretty similar. We definitely have a similar sort of a style, a lot of us. Um, but then you're right. Like, you know, there, there are times where, you know, we would go to other gyms and then you would obviously pick up uh, certain things. We've always been a more of a grappling heavy type of gym. So, we're, you know, wrestling, grappling heavy and pressure type of gym uh, where obviously you go to other gyms like I've been to Thailand, uh, you know, when, you know, working on your Muay Thai and things like that. And then obviously city kickboxing with uh, some striking and things like that. Uh, but again, just adding tools to this formula that we've sort of created. All right. Let's get back now, as I mentioned, to the scrambling of the brains part. So this is something in your style that has been really 
fascinating to watch because it has worked at the very highest level uh, over numerous times. Like there's simply no denying the body of evidence at this point. Fair to say for folks who may not understand what we're talking about, fair to say that among your many things that you do with your style, one of them is you force opponents to compute a series of decisions in a certain time frame that they can't possibly compute. You're, you're asking them to problem solve by reading clues and then changing the game as soon as they do. Fair or unfair? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, that's, uh, that's, you know, you will see a lot of movement. Uh, but I'm the type of guy that obviously I'm playing what's in front of me as well. Uh, there's going to be reads I'm getting, uh, you know, without giving too much away, or there's going to be openings that I'm going to see uh, while I'm, you know, uh, definitely, uh, you know, scrambling and keeping them busy. Um, and, you know, even though they might be thinking they're making the right decisions, um, I'm picking them off while they're making these decisions that they think is uh, the right situation. Or they might not even make a decision. They might just be habits that they're doing, we're picking up on and we're making them pay for. So it's a, yeah, man, it's a, it's a, it's a tricky one. But I mean, it's, you know, it's like a, when you train like that, it comes a part of your style hmm. rather than something that, you know, each step I do, each fake I do, each movement I do isn't really a, oh, I'm going to do this because of this. I'm going to do, you know what I mean? It's going to be hard to obviously process things while I'm doing a million things at once. But at the same time, I've uh, built that into this game that I have where it's a part of uh, the style rather than something that I have to do. So while I'm uh, scrambling their brain, as a part of my style, right? Um, I am getting reads. I'm picking off uh, openings and things like that. And uh, yeah, so it's a, it's definitely a, a big part of it. You know what I mean? You'll see, a, you know, a lot of people in a wide, you know, you shut them down, nullify a lot of things that they're doing uh, through certain things that we do and then uh, take the openings that, that are given, you know, scramble their brain. Bit, um, scramble the brain like how I am right now from jet lag. <laughs> so, uh, I'm like confusing myself as we speak right now. <laughs> I appreciate you working through that, Chip. Well, here's why I think it's just so interesting, right? I mean, this is why that style works because it's built off of something unchangeable, which is there, even the smartest person, even the very best fighter, there is only so much that the human brain can compute in a single amount of time, five seconds, 10 seconds, whatever it is. There's only so much computation that can happen in that. So, you can rely on that as something that biology just will not fix for your opponent. And then on top of it, once they begin to think, oh, I've watched tape on Alex, I've seen he likes these combos, you can simply switch up all the combos to something new and the style still works. Mm -hmm. Well, that's exactly right. So uh, it's funny because people are going to be, oh, I'm going to do this because of this, but they don't realize my style is if you do this, I do, you know what I mean? I've usually got different answers for whatever your answers are going to be, you know what I mean? So that's why, like, uh, I know you guys, uh, you guys uh, dive right into it. So you guys uh, get a good understanding of it. So there's always a uh, layers of it. You know what I mean? You give me something, there's going to be a few options that I can take from there. Um, you know, where a lot of people are like, oh, he's going to do this. Obviously there's going to be habits. Everyone has habits, but um, I feel like in uh, offense and defense, I, I try not to have too many habits. You know what I mean? I'm constantly changing things. I don't want to be very repetitive. You know what I mean? Because, you know, people can get reads. So while people are trying to get reads, they just can't keep up because uh, I'm keeping them too busy. I'm changing things up too much for them. And then I'm making them pay every time 
you know, they think they might be getting a read or something like that. I quickly change that and be like, oh, you know, and you can see that. Honestly, you can see that in, in some of your opponent's faces, uh, you know, even early in the fights. Hmm. And, uh, you know, they might be thinking they're doing something and then they're like, you know, you could just see them like trying to figure it out. And then they're just almost, you know, their face is just uh, emotionless. Like, you know, what, what sort of what's going on? It's, it's hard to explain, but you can see that sometimes. Where, so last, again, people are going to have a game plan going in, and then I can quickly take that away from them. All right, so last question about this. What is the hardest part about that style, right? Because it seems like you have to have a lot of good cardio, you know, just be, to be able to implement it. The other part is I've seen a lot of other people in MMA that do a lot of moving, but it's not as convincing. So it also seems to me like part of your style is you got to have good cardio, obviously, but you have to be a convincing salesman of the fakes and the faints. Otherwise, you're just moving to move. Is that, exactly. is that accurate? Yeah, man, you can move and then just for the sake of it. But, I mean, you, you can be you can move and be calculated in your movements. And uh, not every move, like, I don't, you know, every movement doesn't have to be a, a big reaction from your opponent. But, I mean, it can be just, again, like, it can be a part of the confusion. It can be a part of uh, uh, a certain thing that you're doing just to, maybe change up later, you know what I mean? There's there's still purpose to things that I'm doing where some people just move for the fake, uh, for the sake of it. You'll see him out of range and then just constantly moving where I feel like it's very, like what's the point of being way out? Because you can't do nothing there and they can't do nothing there. You're just purely moving for the, for the sake of it um, where it, it's sort of hard to explain. But, um, but at the same time, I want to be, even though I feel like I'm doing a lot of movement, I'm at a good range. I still feel like I'm putting the pressure on because I'm still at a at a spot where they know I can touch them because I have um, and things like that. But at the same time, while they're trying to adjust, I'm like keeping them on edge, just constantly keeping them on edge. I got to, you know, uh, this is something because you, you were touching on it before, and again, I know you guys I like to, to dive deep in it. But um, someone like Aldo was a good good example, and I think you will appreciate this, where he's so uh, well-trained where every movement, you know, he's always in the perfect position, you know, like, uh, you know, you, you move an inch to the left, he's, he's going to have to, he has to adjust and be that perfect. You move an inch back, he's an inch forward. You know, he's always there. He's always where he's most, where, you know, the range is comfortable at the base, you know, he's, he's grounded, he's powerful, he's balanced. He's always there. So it's very hard to get him out of position. Um, you know what I mean? Cause he's always adjusting. But it was something that, uh, that we used against him, knowing that if I go somewhere, he has to adjust. And he's not even going to mean it. He's just going to do it um, as a, you know, that's just going to be a part of a, that's just how his system works. You know what I mean? I move to the left, he has to adjust. So as he's moving to the left, I'm, I'm, I'm getting him as he's, uh, as he's going, uh, getting to that spot and things like that. You know what I mean? So that was a good example of, of um you know, calculated movements, you know what I mean? So I'm doing these movements to keep them busy, not giving them time to, you know, give him time. This is for, for Aldo specifically. Because, uh, again, you stand in front of him and let him work. He's obviously a counterpunch. That's why he's always powerful too because he's always in the perfect position. But um, I just wanted to always get him out of position, which was hard, but that's why you had to keep him moving and then go. Um, I think you use this term of in between steps. Yeah, half um, you know, beat is my, like is my favorite so, term. Yeah, oh, is that your turn? Yeah. So, like, yeah. Uh, you know, just things like that. So it was a that was a good example of uh, using uh, again, like these people, like they think they're doing the right thing. Yeah, they don't even know that they're they're doing that. They're they're trying to figure things out. And they don't really know that I'm keeping them so occupied with, with what I'm doing 
and then picking my shots as I go. So they literally, and then by the end of it, they're like going, oh, I don't know what happened. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, yeah, I do. I know exactly what happened. <laughs> I made you fight my fight. That's exactly what happened. You know what I mean? But, uh, but yeah, so it's, uh, again, there's going to be movement. There's going to be reasons uh, for that movement. You know what I mean? There's, there's got to be method to that madness, right? You don't want to just be moving for the sake of it. You're moving, not even knowing what you're going to do, and then you don't even know what they're going to do, but you're just moving just so you're not standing still. I probably would say, to someone that was just doing that, you may as well stay still so you're more dangerous and powerful. You know what I mean? If you're going to just be constantly moving just for the sake of it and not really knowing what to do with it because you're going to be putting yourself out of position. It's going to be hard to counter. It's going to be hard to, hard to take down, uh, defend, take down. It's going to be hard to do all that type of stuff because you're getting yourself out of position because you're not being calculated in your, your approach of, of, of that movement. Which of your wins, because uh, you have many good ones. Obviously, the last one, Ortega, was uh, that, that. Okay, so let's start there. The Ortega win, to me, seems like one of those wins where, in terms of what the fan base and the larger community thought about it, was unimpeachable, right? There was just no way to deny you that one. Which of your other wins do you feel like perhaps is not deserving of the respect that it gets? You bring up Aldo. That's one of the wins that I feel like really pushed you on the path to where you got. And no one says anything bad about it, but I don't know if they herald it as important as it was. Where, where do you look on that scale? Yeah, that's probably, that's probably one right there because uh, that, was, uh, that was still a while ago as well. So that was me uh, with that movement and all that. It wasn't a big part of my, my game at the time. Um, and I was sort of getting used to that style, right? And uh, so with, with that fight, obviously, to nullify someone like um, Aldo, again, people aren't going to really see. They're not going to know the things that were the details that I'm explaining to you and that you, that you might have seen. A lot of the, the people might not understand that. They're just going to see that not as uh, much happened, but they don't really understand the, the technique and the strategy behind what I, what I was doing. But it was, a, it was a good one because I felt like I had to play a character um, that whole fight. You know what I mean? So it was a, I was on edge as well because, again, this movement was sort of new to me at the time um, and keeping busy and all that type of stuff. And, like, I had to do that because I know if I stand still and give him time to do his thing, that's where I can get caught. That's where, you know, that's where things are, can go bad for me, especially with, with Aldo. And, uh, you know, my, my, my attacks, it's going to be a lot easier for him to counter and things like that. So um, I was like, playing a character if, if that makes sense so I was uh, doing something that I wasn't really used to but I had to to keep uh, Aldo occupied where again a lot of people aren't going to really understand that but that's something that uh, for me was a, a big eye opener I went in there with a, a certain approach with a game plan um, obviously you're going to have a lot of game plans but that was like a very big game plan that sort of felt at the time way out of my comfort zone hmm. um, I feel comfortable because that's just the type of guy I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to adjust and I'll make it happen but it was a, it was definitely a weird one for me to just try and keep that that up for three rounds against someone like Aldo, which was pretty impressive. But I don't know if that's uh, coming out how I want. I don't know if you're understanding exactly what I'm what I'm uh, regurgitating right now. But it was uh, it was definitely a, a big one for me. I thought. Fair enough. Uh, is it is it at all frustrating that there's a certain kind of brilliance to what you're doing? That yes, maybe perhaps insiders pick up on. I'm sure other fighters and coaches really admire it, but perhaps some of the larger casualness of the uh, fan base can't. Is it at all frustrating? There's a bit of a gap. There it was sometimes? frustrating. It was frustrating for me. It used to be frustrating. It was something that I paid way too much attention to, but right now, uh, 
yeah, I've changed that. You know what I mean? Hmm. I don't look into the, the negatives anymore, which I'll be honest, I was uh, uh, way too, I was, I, I, I looked into that way too much. You know, I was uh, paying way too much attention to, to the negatives and I was letting it, um, you know, make me do wrong decisions and things like that. You know what I mean? I, I'd, I'd let it, uh, there's too much weight behind these negative comments when, uh, you know, I shouldn't even be paying attention to these. You know, you hear this time and time again, everyone knows, you know, negative, all right, you know, only worry about, you know, all that type of stuff, easier said than done. Um, even at the top of something that I was uh, still always struggling with. But right now, you know, I've really, really nailed that. So right now, I don't care. People can think what they want. Uh, you know, I know that there's uh, still still a lot of love out there, and I'm just going to pay attention to that. You know what I mean? So, uh, but again, obviously after that last one, it was uh, definitely different. Uh, but after this one, it's going to be different again. I can guarantee you that. Fair enough. All right, let's talk about this. What does uh, you've beaten Max Holloway? You've beaten Ortega. You've beaten Aldo Mendez. List goes on from there. What does a win over the Korean Zombie do for your resume? Uh, this is a bit of a, a legacy fight, just purely because uh, you know he's. I was talking to who was I talking to the other day, and someone was saying about his last title shot was like nine years ago, not like his title shot with Aldo. And um, I was like, man, I just started like then, you know what I mean? I was like still an amateur then, you know what I mean? Like, so it's it shows you how long he's been in the game and been at the top. So this is a guy that's been at the top of the featherweight division forever. So you look at the legends in, in the featherweight division, he's one of them, you know what I mean? And I've taken out pretty much most of them, you know, the guys that are, you know, there's not, I won't be able to do all of them, but I mean, because some of them are, you know, probably way too far out of the picture, but he's still in the picture now. He's still like, you know, he still took four, top four, you know what I mean? Which is pretty incredible for, for how long he's been in the game. Uh, you know, so it's a legacy fight for me. It's some, it's a feather in the cap that you maybe thought wasn't going to happen, but I mean, through injury and all that, it did happen. And um, again, I think he deserves it because he's uh, been at the top of the game forever, what is he- since his division's been, been started in, in UFC. Yeah, what, what do you uh, reckon is perhaps er, every fighter has positives, every fighter has negatives, he has weaknesses, he has strengths. What are some of his strengths relative to previous opponents you've had that you're certainly conscious of heading into April 9th? Um, you know, probably the, again, a lot of guys, are, you know, would call themselves a counterpuncher. But uh, I feel like he's sort of a type of guy that, He'll really uh, rely on you coming in, or like, and then you know catching you coming in rather than, you know, say with a counter, like you know making you miss, then firing one back. He will, you know, he will try and make you obviously miss. I'm not saying he's going to let you hit him, but at the same time, he will he will counter uh, as you're coming in. So he will eat one to give one type thing. You know what I mean? Which is always dangerous. But I mean, uh, the the beauty of that is is when am I coming in? You know, that's 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 the question that he needs to answer. Hmm. You know what I mean? And uh, I guess you, you'd know exactly what I mean by that. So it's easier to counter someone that's uh, going to be pretty one-dimensional and uh, going to be pretty obvious with their tax. But we all know I'm not obvious with my tax. I try not to be obvious with my tax. And, um, yeah, but I mean, again, there's, there's definitely some dangers there that I, that's why I can't be careless. But at the same time, you know, my style covers a lot of, of uh, you know, these, these areas where he's strong. I think I nullify a lot of that purely with just my style. Can you give us Americans a sense at home for you in Australia what it's like, what where you're where you're at right now? Here's what I mean. 
we were on my podcast today. We were talking about George Cambosis because that Devin Haney fight is signed. They're going to bring it to Melbourne, and you're a champion. And even for guys who aren't champions, like Robert Whitaker, who was a champion, and, and so on and so forth. Like, and then there's Tai Tuivasa, who just had the biggest win of his career. What is it like at this moment in Australia for premier combat sports athletes? How, how popular really is it, and, and how much has your life changed in, in, in this current day? Oh, man, it's, a, it's definitely – it's always been big in Australia, but you've seen it. Every pay-per-view seems to be getting bigger and bigger and bigger. It's, a, it's, it's massive. You know, I really think uh, this whole lockdown COVID situation, especially UFC being the only sport going, I think that was a massive um, – uh, well, I guess it was massive uh, globally, right? But, I mean, in Australia, um, it really did uh, go levels above then, especially me being able to fight then, you know, being the only like Aussie athlete and, and things like that. That was huge. Uh, a lot changed after that one, but – um, it's it's massive, you know what I mean. It's uh, again, we're not just numbers in the UFC now. We're we're contenders and champions, and uh, you're seeing absolute studs coming out of Australia, New Zealand area, um, and these guys. You know, you, you've got so many studs out of the UFC right now that are, that are coming through. That you know, you go to watch little uh, shows, local shows, and I'm absolutely blown away from when I was uh, back in the shows. The 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 technique and the you know the the talent that's there. You know what I mean? It's a uh, it's it's incredible. So. We've obviously got a lot of uh, kids with uh, bright futures uh, in the sport. Uh, well, champ, I don't want to keep you too much longer. I know that you have uh, – do we actually, do you have big plans for sightseeing in Jacksonville? <laughs> I don't know. Well, uh, we're, we're allowed out and about, which is uh, pretty good. We're not in the bubble, uh, which helps. But, I mean, I don't know. You know now I've got a couple of days early. Uh, while I'm getting over this jet lag, maybe go see, see some uh, shit if we can, I guess. But <laughs> I don't know. What's there to see? You know? Uh, what you just told me, I don't know. Is it much? Yeah, friend. Or? Yeah, there's some. Here's the thing: Florida gets a bit of a bad rap. There are some definitely some cool Florida cities. I just don't know if Jacksonville's on that list, but I guess we'll see. All right, before you go, real quick, the co-main event: Peter Yan, Aljamain Sterling. Give me a sense of if you've got a tingle about which way it's going to go, and what will decide the winner of that fight. I oh, mean, it has to. You have to go with Peter Yan. Just uh, again, like obviously, you're looking at the last one. Obviously, it was uh, unfortunate what happened, but you can see where that fight was going. And just watching Peter, I know Peter, and I, I trained with him, and uh, you know, he's so durable. You know what I mean? You know, he's got the cardio, you know, he's got the heart, you know, you know, he's even the fight. Like, he's got so many tools, you know, like, how can you bet against guys like that? And that's like myself included, I feel like uh, we cover a lot of uh, uh, areas. Um, and then you've got the skill on top of top of that as well. So uh, you know, I think that Sterling definitely had a a decent round in him that 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 first round. Yeah, he had a lot of movement and all that, and like you know. But I mean, at the same time, PDR will you know he'll be uh, just defensive heavy as he put that pressure on. Obviously, get reads, slow you down, and you know, even if he has a good round in him, uh, Aljamain, I just think PDR's just going to take over uh, within the first two rounds. You know what I mean? And that that's it. And you know, that's even if. Um, Aljamain uh, can can get going good at the start. No, again, I've got respect for Aljamain, but I just mean Peter Yan is a he can fight. He certainly can. So can you. I can't wait to see your next bout against the uh, Korean zombie Chan Sung Jung, April 9th, April 10th, for the folks in Australia from Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, champion, appreciate your time. I know you got a busy schedule. Can't wait to see it. Thank you so much. Mate, you may. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to your, your breakdown. This one's going to be good. So you're going to absolutely love it. There's going to be some new ones there for you too. Keep Can't wait busy. to see. Yeah. I love Thank you so much. Busy, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, you champ. I appreciate it. I really do.